It's our job to tell better stories. And always remember, it's the risk takers that are rewarded. People are sick and tired of being marketed to, and they're sick and tired of being sold. The single biggest story today in sales and marketing is how our customers are buying different Hey everyone and welcome to the Growth of Podcast brought to you by growth marketing agency Advanced B2B. We are back and I'm your host Edward Ford and today on the show we have Danny Hart who is the former head of growth at Growth Hackers. In this episode Danny gives us a behind the scenes pass to life at Growth Hackers as she shares her experiences leading their growth team. Danny tells us about the team's objectives and goals, the different roles they had and the process and methodology the team used to run their operations. We also hear about the challenges of growing a multi-product business, how growth and marketing work together, and Danny also tells us what it was like working with Growth Hackers CEO, Sean Ellis, who coined the phrase growth hacking. By the end of this episode, you'll have some actionable takeaways so you can run your growth team like growth hackers. So here we go. It's episode number 33 of the Growth of Podcast with Danny Hart, former head of growth at Growth Hackers. Welcome to another episode of the Growth Hub podcast, and it is my absolute pleasure to welcome Danny Hart to the show, former head of growth at Growth Hackers, mentor at growthmentor.com, and sustainable and ethical growth practitioner at growthgal.com. So Danny, thank you so much for joining us today here on the Growth Hub podcast. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me, Edward. Yes, super excited for this episode about growth. We're actually tripling down on growth as you were growing the growth function at Growth Hackers. So this is like triple meta goodness. So to start, let's talk about the growth function at Growth Hackers. Can you tell us what were some of your objectives and what were you responsible for at Growth Hackers? Yeah, sounds great. So our objectives varied from time to time, um, depending on what we were trying to grow as a business. Uh, we typically had about one or two objectives at a time that lasted anywhere from four to six weeks. And this allowed us to zoom out regularly and ensure that we were addressing what was the most impactful part of the business for us to focus on. And we did that pretty regularly. Um, but overall, our objectives focused on growing acquisition and engagement of the community, our training courses, our annual conference, uh, job matching, the validation of our growth collaboration software, Northstar, and just helping teams overall adopt this growth process. So whether that was hands-on consulting or speaking engagements, um, we really just tried to spearhead the growth hacking movement as much as possible and figure out ways to combat or rather set a good example. <laughs> I won't go down the path of like all of the negative connotations, but they almost inevitably come up. Um, so we tried to stay clear of that and really just hone in on what we thought would drive sustainable growth for businesses. Yeah. How would you actually describe growth hacking? Because you mentioned there, it's quite interesting just to dig, in, dig into this, that there are some negative associations with the term. So how would you describe like growth hacking? Yeah, I think, I think my favorite way to describe it is actually an analogy. So I'll start with that. Um, you know, there's an ancient Indian proverb of the blind men and an elephant. And I like to consider the elephant the customer and the blind men all of the different departments within an organization. So you have marketing, you have product, you have engineering, sales, customer success, user research. You have all these different departments that are essentially these blind men approaching the customer 
in the way that uh, a blind man would, which is you touch the part that's in front of you and you can understand the part in front of you. And then you go back to the team and you say, this is what an elephant is, right? And so marketing's idea of the customer might be completely different than what engineering and what product thinks of the customer, right? So there's the elephant is pretty big. It's, it's hard to touch it all if, you're not, if you don't know what to expect. And so I think growth's job is really to bring the elephant visualization to the front and say, this is really what the elephant is. Um, and, and that is the customer. How do we deliver customer value? And that's the, the forefront of all growth efforts is customer value. And starting there, instead of, it's, instead of all of the um, incentive-driven approaches that historically have worked, right, of marketing, um, driving new leads to, to the door, and then sales, converting those leads, and then product, creating new features that customers may or may not want. Instead, it's saying, hey, we're going to look at the customer value, and we're going to discover new ways, doesn't matter what department they're in, um, to deliver that value to customers. Yeah, exactly. I really love the analogy. And like you mentioned there, there's a lot of people involved in growth. So in terms of the people, who were the key people roles involved in growth? And, and what were some of the roles that you had within the growth team? Yeah, well, I mean, to start, it really depends on the business. So even just in my past two roles, the growth teams have looked different. Um, I think it starts with understanding the customer and knowing what are the biggest drivers of growth are and having different departments represented. So at Growth Hackers, uh, we had our CEO, Sean Ellis, who's you know <laughs> one of the best critics of the growth process, I would say. <laughs> and uh, we had our head of product, our sales director, our analytics and community manager. They all played a role and I led the growth process, which meant that I was basically making sure that our sprints, our weekly growth sprints were up to speed, that we were tracking the right metrics, that we were monitoring those metrics, that uh, you know, if we needed to zoom out and see if there was a better objective to be focusing on, um, gathering the customer research, you know, it was a lot of different things that I was actually doing to manage this growth process, but it really depended on who those people were. And for SaaS, I think, product, sales, analytics, um, any kind of community manager, if you have that, because community drives growth for the, the product typically. Um, and if you have customer success, they would be a great asset to this as well. But it's really figuring out um, what is that customer journey and who are the different departments that need to be involved in running experiments across those different departments. Yeah, exactly. So can you talk us through your process of how you operated as a growth team, what meetings you had, like how you worked on a week to week and month to month basis, and basically explain how the Growth Hackers growth team operated. Sure, so we had a weekly growth meeting um, where we discussed our growth metrics, any issues and potential opportunities. So if we needed to zoom out and see if there was a better uh, growth objective to be focusing on, then that was kind of when we would spend that time. Um, and then potentially that would run the rest of the meeting if it was that important where uh, we needed to change our priorities. And then we'd review the last week's testing 
print and all prior tests. So some tests needed longer to run. And they weren't necessarily all A-B tests, especially in SAS. It was a lot of ping tests, meaning that we were just trying to throw stuff on the wall and see what stuck and get you know, qualitative and quantitative <laughs> feedback from our customers. And then we discuss the key lessons from any analyzed tests, select the test for the next week's sprint, and check the growth of our new ideas backlog. So that was typically the growth meeting, and we ran that every week. Now, we did see other companies that couldn't keep that weekly cadence. And so what I would recommend for any company, especially SaaS, where maybe the weekly testing sprint is a little aggressive um, in terms of you know, actually getting the learnings that's necessary to be able to launch new tests, um, I'd recommend just replacing one of those meetings. So every you know, bi-weekly, you have the growth meeting. And then on the off week, you have customer customer story meeting or whatever you want to call it, where you're basically bringing the customer to the front of that meeting. And I think that video and face, like actually being able to hear somebody's voice and hear somebody's reaction to your product is super beneficial. And it will also give you ideas on how, you know, to improve the value or deliver more value to customers or, um, maybe find a new segment of users to approach, et cetera. And so that's kind of how we tackled that um, with a weekly growth, growth meeting. And then we also had daily standups and that was more or less to check in to see how things were performing from a execution standpoint or how people were, you know, if, if everything was getting um, accomplished on time. And then I, as the growth master had week or, not weekly, but ongoing one-on-ones and check-ins with the team. So those were typically walking meetings. Uh, we were lucky enough to have an office in Orange County, California. So <laughs> the weather was never a problem. And um, I am a big, big proponent of exercising while getting some work done if possible. So just getting the blood moving. Um, so I would do some check-ins with the team and just see where their heads at, try to understand um, if there were any blockers or maybe some issues going on underneath the surface, which also helped me build my own empathy for the way that I was approaching things. And then every four to six weeks, we would zoom out to reprioritize our efforts. And sometimes that meant continuing down the same path that we were on. But oftentimes, it, you know, we found a better maybe not better, a more broken thing to fix <laughs> where we could reprioritize and set a new objective specific to the most broken thing in the business. Yeah, that's great. It's really good to hear how your team worked. And I can say that taking walking meetings here in Finland, especially in the middle of winter, might be a bit more challenging than down in Orange County, California. But yeah, I love that idea. And I think following from there, I always find the balance between marketing and growth super interesting. So what were some of the key differences between marketing's role and responsibility and growth's role and responsibility? Yeah, so I think that marketing is a component of growth and I don't think marketing will ever not be a, a component of it. I think that you need, marketing is half of the equation, right? The product market fit, if you will. You have the product, you have the market. So you need to be able to address them. And so there will be tactics that, work and that you should be doing on a regular basis. For example, at Growth Hackers, we had our weekly top post email um, that 
we knew worked. We knew that every week people came back to our website and read our content, which then we could serve additional offers to every single week. And so we continued to do it. If we didn't see that kind of performance and couldn't understand the value that that weekly top post was delivering, then we would have been saying, hey, is this worth our time? And so I think the difference really comes down to, are we doing marketing to deliver value to customers or are we doing marketing for marketing's sake? And um, I think that for us, it started with what are our growth objectives? Now let's figure out what some ideas are that we can test. Marketing is one of those options. Now there's also product, there's also sales pitches, there's also um, customer success and getting feedback. There's, there's so many different components that go into growth. So it's, it's hard to just say that one is more important than the other, they go together. Um, but for me, that's the biggest difference is that one is directly tied to a customer value objective. Yeah. Yeah, that's super good. And I think another challenge, especially you had at Growth Hackers, is the fact that you were a multi-product business. So you had the community that you mentioned, there's the North Star software products, jobs, training, and the Growth Hackers conference. So how did you overcome that challenge of where to focus and growing the different business lines? Great question. And I won't lie, it's really hard to have a multi-product <laughs> business. I think that there, there's always opportunity cost and um, to any one objective. So if we were focusing on growing the conference, then the other product suffered. And we had a small team. So it was, you know, we were resource constrained and that meant that we did have to prioritize one product over another. I think companies that are a little bit bigger can get away with it because they can dedicate specific teams and uh, manage that process a little bit easier. But yeah, I wouldn't say that we overcame it. I would say that we managed it. And, um, you know, we, I started kind of looking at the, the different products as part of one big machine. And at the end of the day, it was how do we help companies grow? Right. And so we had this community that was great at, uh, as a lead generator for the rest of our offerings. And then we had training programs that helped us qualify leads for the software and, and for consulting. And then we had our conference, which was a life interaction where we could bring our community to real life. And that was a whole nother offering that, uh, that really helped grow the community in itself because people got to meet one another and share in real life their struggles and build some camaraderie. And then we also uh, had the content on the back end of that that we could sell once again. So, um, you know, they're all different ways of building customer value, of helping teams grow uh, more sustainably. And at the end of the day, it really came down to like, what is the most broken pipe? And whether that's the pipe of getting new users to the community or converting the community members to one of our other offerings that's the best suited for them, or um, you know, figuring out like from training to software, what does that process look like? What are, what are the emails associated with that conversion look like? What is the sales process? Um, these were all things that could be refined and at the end of the day, help build a system of offerings that were all pointed towards the same goal of helping companies grow. 
Yeah, and I can totally relate to the challenges of growing a multi-product business with a relatively small team, which is, of course, what we have here at Supermetrics. And you spoke there and have spoken about uh, during the discussion so far about the community, which I think is a really big part of Growth Hackers. And I think that's what many people think of when they think about growthhackers.com in particular. So how important was the community and how did you leverage it for growth? Yeah, I think it was super important. I mean, from a branding perspective, we could approach just about any business and have the credibility to uh, strike a partnership or relationship and or or maybe the other way around where they knew it wasn't a good fit and, and could turn us away quickly, which is also okay. Um, but usually it, it lent to our favor and we could pull in some bigger names, uh, like for our conference, for example, like people had heard of Growth Hackers, there's and people have heard of Sean Ellis and have read his book. And um, there's there's some credibility with the brand. Now, at the same time, there are also the people that have heard of the growth hacks um, from whatever website or anything that they've encountered and see growth as a silver bullet. So those people still came to our website. And, and for them, it was a little bit of education of, hey, this is actually how growth works. You know, it's hard work. There's a process behind all of this. It's a positive feedback loop where you're trying new things and analyzing it. Um, and so we did get a lot of that, which was challenging at times because when, you know, the Ubers are like the bigger companies that have these entire growth teams and structures set in place, when we really want to help them, or you know, maybe not the actual Ubers, but like we want to help growth teams establish a process and be able to actually collaborate and improve upon that process. We still had to educate all of the the growth, uh, you know, short-sighted hackers. <laughs> and so that was challenging. So it was, it was a blessing and a curse, in my opinion. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And so what advice would you give to other marketing and growth teams who are actually building communities as part of their growth strategy? Because I know a lot of teams are doing this and I also know that growing communities are, are quite challenging. So what, what lessons would, would you give and what advice would you share about this? So the advice I'd give other teams who are building communities as part of their, uh, as part of their growth strategy would be to figure out the value that you can deliver to customers and build a community around contributing that. So if it is, you know, if you're a company that is selling stand-up paddle boards and you want to create a community around that, then figure out what are the things that people need to know. Um, like, where are the best places to get stand-up paddle boards? How do you do stand-up paddle boarding? And figure out who those people are in stand-up paddle boarding that you want represented. Approach them first and see if you can get them involved. Um, and then I think it's really just contributing in the the manner that you would expect others to contribute. So at Growth Hackers, we didn't have a huge problem with people that um, were irresponsible in the community. And I think that's because from the start, the expectations were very clear that we're here to help one another and we are here to help businesses grow. And so those expectations went a long way in making sure that People, when they joined the community, they weren't spamming, they weren't, uh, you know, talking down on others. It was a very, uh, very supportive group of people. And, and it's just grown since then. 
Yeah, and obviously you were working alongside Sean Ellis, the godfather of growth hacking, who came up with the term, I believe, in a Southern California bar with one of our former guests, Hiten Shah. So could you tell us about your experiences of what it was like working with him? Yeah, Sean's, Sean's a funny guy. I mean, honestly, like he's, he's pretty funny. Um, he's also, like when I first started, I remember thinking like, oh my gosh, I'm working with Sean Ellis, you know, and probably how everybody else sees it, I imagine. Um, and when I sat down and had my first conversation with him and I realized how we saw marketing and the challenges with marketing the same way, and maybe that's because I had a background in um, I started my career in testing online strategies for nonprofits. And so like we were full funnel 100%. And when I went to another job and saw that they didn't treat marketing that way, I was like, oh, wait, there is this problem with marketing. Like, why don't people see it the way that I see it? And so Sean was the, the first one that it was like, oh, wow, we see it the same way. And that's awesome. So uh, it, it was nice to have somebody like that. And we you know, no idea was too outlandish for us where we would just kind of go back and forth and brainstorm and, and have fun with it. And I do remember that like when Sean would come back from traveling, it was probably my, my favorite time to work with him because he would just be jet lagged and, and still coming back to work and, and uh, just wanted to like hang out with the team and see how things were going. And I, I don't think I've laughed so hard at work <laughs> than when I have uh, having been with Sean after um, his travel. So other than that, I would say I would not want to go up against him playing def like him playing defense while I'm playing offense. Um, and that is from our days playing soccer together because he is, he is tough. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's great. Yeah. I bet you had uh, some amazing experiences working with him and I didn't know that you were both uh, soccer fans or football fans so uh, yeah oh yeah that's right you know, football <laughs> yeah. who's your favorite team by the way I have to ask this being an English guy who loves football oh man I I really don't follow it I just I play it so I, I, what's your favorite team maybe I'll just adopt that <laughs> Manchester United I, I can highly okay, recommend yeah, Manchester United. <laughs> let's do it let's agree all right, okay. we have a new, a new Manchester United fan right here on the Growth of Podcasts. Love it. Hey, if that's all we get out of this podcast, you got something, right? <laughs> <laughs> awesome, awesome. So now I think we could uh, move to our closing questions and the Fast Five Challenge. So all I'm going to do is ask you five questions and all you need to do is answer rapid fire as quickly as possible. So Danny, are you ready for this one? Let's do it. Okay, great. So the first question What's the one book that you would recommend others to read? Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss. Um, that was recommended to me by Mercy, uh, who was running Slack Growth. Um, and I read it and have reread it. It's an awesome book for building empathy. Yes, I actually just downloaded it on Audible. So that is next on my list. So looking awesome. forward to that. Okay, second question. A SaaS company you love and why? I love Zapier. I just, I think they're great. I think that, you know, seeing, I, I know you've mentioned Scott Brinker's uh, MarTech 5000, and it is pretty incredible to see the MarTech landscape go from 150 companies back in 2011 to over 7,000 today. And Zapier is filling a much needed void and being able to get those companies communicating with each other. And with a background in marketing automation, it is like, 
a kid in a toy store when I go into Zapier. Yeah, exactly. Great. Third question. I'm intrigued to see what you answer here, but your favorite place to read about growth and marketing online. Ooh, okay. Um, I guess I'm biased here. I would say <laughs> growth hackers, although I will say that recently I've spent less time reading about marketing and more time uh, reading about the sciences and philosophy and um, our environment, because I think that there, there's a lot to learn, um, like you know, lessons as well as even some tactics around um, who we are and why we do what we do. And I think that you can learn more from external sources like books than um, just digging into another tactic after another tactic on, yeah. on some of these sites. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I think this is what David Cancel at Drift has said many times before, that don't read just about your field and what others are reading, but actually read about things outside your field, look into other areas, and there you're going to find a bunch of lessons that nobody else is finding. So yeah, I think that's super, super good advice. Um, fourth question, your most important growth metric. Yeah, I think activation um, and whatever that activation obviously varies by company, um, but figuring out how to get customers to that aha moment is the most valuable thing a company can do. And if they do it right, then all of the other metrics become easier. So if you start there, then, then retention becomes a lot easier. So does acquisition because then you're not spending a bunch of money and time trying to get leads to the door if they're not converting. Um, and I think that that's where a lot of companies have the, the most opportunity because it is where a lot of different departments intersect. Yes, absolutely. I love that. And fifth and final question, what would be your best piece of advice for fellow growth marketers? Take care of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> really, I've seen, I've seen two, I mean, and I would even consider myself part of this, but burnout is real. We're, we're so connected these days. And, you know, if you look, just two decades ago, you could go home and not have to check email and not check, you know, the how performance is on your campaigns. And it's so easily accessible now that I think if you don't take conscious effort to take care of yourself and learn how to relax, learn how to sleep well, then it's going to be very difficult to perform at your best. And growth is harder now than it ever has been. If you look at the competition, you look at how th fast things are changing, it's very difficult to keep up, let alone thrive in growth right now. And so I think everybody needs to be performing at their best. And you don't perform at your best when you're working 80 hours a week, week over week. Like your, your body does need time to rest. And, you know, that's you have ever read peak performance there the, the growth equation that they emphasize is stress plus rest equals growth so remember that rest part and and um i i think that the rest will will follow yep absolutely perfect hey well danny this was awesome and i have to say a massive massive thank you for joining us today it's been a real pleasure having you on the show Absolutely. Thanks for having me. And I'm glad that we were able to connect. That was Danny Hart on how to run your growth team like growth hackers. I hope you enjoyed this one. And if you want to connect with Danny, then you can find her on Twitter at The Hard Attack. Visit her website at growthgal.com. And you can also find her as a mentor at growthmentor.com. 
If you enjoyed the show, then please leave us a review and you can always reach out to me on Twitter at Nordic Edward or connect on LinkedIn. So thank you so much for listening to the Growth Hub podcast by Advance B2B. And this is your host, Edward Ford, signing off and make sure you check out advancebtob.com for more content and resources on everything B2B SaaS growth. It's our job to tell better stories. And always remember, it's the risk takers that are biggest story today in sales and marketing is how our customers are